Hey, my name's Adam, and I am the West Shore Campus Pastor here at Coastline Church on beautiful Vancouver Island. Welcome to our podcast. All the content that you will find here is meant to point you to Jesus and encourage you in your journey wherever it is that you find yourself. So thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the message. It just keeps going and going. You, you, don't, you don't know when it's going to end. It's just like church. You never know. You never know. We can go all afternoon. You don't got no idea when we're going to stop. I'm just kidding. We'll stop, I promise, at some point. Um, Emily, way to like set the bar high, like to preach fire. Like, good Lord. Okay, I will see what I can. I just also want to point out that Emily called her son a parasite. Did anyone else hear that? I heard that. And so that's going down in notes. I'll let Easton know what, what, what his mom said about him when he was in the womb. And, uh, and so I, I, we got you now. Um, my name's Adam. I'm the West Shore Campus Pastor here. And just uh, so thankful uh, to have you here. You know, if you come to church on May Long Weekend... Give yourself a high five. You just crushed it. Take that, everybody else. Just kidding, just kidding. But do you see that, Jesus? All these people here, give them double blessings, and uh, that would be awesome. And uh, even when you come in late, right, Jay? And so it's all good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Rampanen in the house. Here we go. I know he could take it. I would never do that to anyone else, I promise. And so um, he's here all day. Um, so happy to have you with us. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to First Chronicles 28. You know, we're in, a, we're in a hero series, and for the past six weeks, what we've been doing is, is highlighting different heroes in the Bible. Uh, uh, Emily talked from uh, Ruth, talked about Ruth. Uh, we've talked about James. We've talked about a, a variety of different characters. Uh, this morning, as we were wrapping up, I've been praying about who to speak on. And every time I... I started studying into a person. God kept bringing me back to, yeah, but how do we be heroes? Like, like what does that look like? Like, like how, do, how do we apply this? And so I, 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 re, I was reminded of a story in the Bible when, when, when David announces to everybody that Solomon's going to be king. And there's this beautiful moment where, where David gives Solomon some, some very practical, very real advice on how to be a successful king. And, and, and the content there is, is timeless. It speaks to us today. How to be not just a king, because many of us probably aren't going to go on and be kings, but uh, how to be a, a, a successful leader, how to be a, how to be a hero, how to be a, a, a Christian in, in 2023. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And it starts like this. It says, David summoned all the officials of Israel to Jerusalem, the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of the army divisions, the other generals and captains, the overseers of the royal property and livestock, the, the palace officials, the mighty men, and all the other brave warriors in the kingdom. In other words, he calls everybody in. It's like, I have an announcement to make. I need everybody to hear this. So anybody who's anybody, I want you to come into this space. I have something for you to hear. And in verse 2, it says, David rose to his feet. <clears throat> Clears his throat. <laughs> and he gets ready to share. My brothers and my people. It was my desire 
to build a temple where the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, God's footstool, could rest permanently. That's what I set out to do. I was going to do it because everybody's watching him, watching this king. When are you going to do it? You're already collecting the stuff. Are you going to pull this together? He said, I made the necessary preparations, the necessary preparations for building it. But God said something to me. He said, you must not build a temple to honor my name, for you are a warrior and you've shed much blood. And God throws David a a, a massive curveball. Because he had every intention, every plan, his dream was to build this temple. And God said, your dream, David, is not my dream. And that's interesting. Because you see, what we see in this is we see that sometimes our version of the story is different than God's version of our story. And all of a sudden, what we end up finding ourselves facing is, 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 is course corrections. And I want to encourage somebody today. You know, just because you have made a plan, you had a dream. And just because God changed that plan, it doesn't mean that you didn't hear from God in the first place. Because oftentimes, those are the lies we tell ourselves. I think I'm supposed to do this. And so you put all your eggs in that basket and you're going this way. You really feel the Lord leading you this direction. Then all of a sudden, circumstance happens. Situation comes up and you have to pivot. And and now you're doing something totally different. It's, it's, It's completely human and very intuitive to start telling ourselves, I made a mistake. I was wrong. I didn't hear from God. I'm such an idiot. When in reality, our life is so much more dynamic than we often give it credit for. We, we, we think we have everything figured out, but the truth is we, we don't really see the, the 10,000-foot view of our story. But God does. So when a, when a course correction comes, and they will, don't be discouraged. If anything, the pandemic has taught us as Christians in the church is that course corrections happen. (laughs) And all of a sudden, there was a season where we had to rethink how we do church. And now here we are coming back, trying to refigure stuff out. It speaks to our resilient nature as the church. And when I think of you and when I pray for you, I pray that God, God would help you to be resilient that God would help us to be a church with with thick skin and and soft hearts, that God would help us to be the type of people who who are willing to listen to Jesus and do what he says, even if it means a course correction sometimes. And that's not easy for everyone, because some of us, you you don't like to deviate from your plan. You're very structured, But I want to encourage you, God's also very structured. And sometimes in his wisdom, he's a little more structured than we are. So he needs to redirect. Verse 4. It says, Yet the Lord, 
And so here's David. He's, he's speaking to all the people. He says, Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, has chosen me from among all my father's family to be the king over Israel forever. So don't you forget it. For he has chosen the tribe of Judah to rule. And from among the families of Judah, he chose my father's family. And from among my father's sons, the Lord is pleased to make me the king over all of Israel. In other words, he's saying, I'm here because God placed me here. And from among my sons, for the Lord has given me many, many little parasites, right, Emily? (laughs) That was so funny, I lost my spot. And for among my sons, for the Lord has given me many. I just did that from memory. I didn't actually know where it was. Four. Thank you. Thank you. Someone's listening. And among my family, father's sons, the Lord is pleased to make me king over all of Israel. From among, among my sons, for the Lord has given me many. He has chosen Solomon to succeed me on the throne of Israel. And to rule over the Lord's kingdom. He, he, he picked Solomon. And he said to me, your son Solomon will, will build my temple and its courtyards. For I have chosen him as my son and I will be his father. So in other words, what David's saying to everybody is saying, listen, I am here because God placed me here. And God, this next king, is also placed here by God. He is actually my son. But what I want to draw our attention to is this last, this last line in this verse 6. It says, he said to me, your son Solomon will build my temple and his courtyard, for I have chosen him as my son, and I will be his father. Notice the emphasis on sonship versus leadership. I love when we're singing songs about the nature of God. And oftentimes, I don't know why we do this, but we tend to see ourselves as, as workers for God versus like sons and daughters of God. Like it would have made more grammatical sense for, for, for him to say, for God to say, I have chosen Solomon to be my worker and I'm gonna be his boss. But he says, I've chosen to be him to be my son, and I'm going to be his father. It speaks as, I love the, how the Bible speaks this idea of adoption into the family. I love this, this inclusive, highly relational picture that, that God presents here. And, and it speaks this idea that, that we are to be Christians first and workers second. But oftentimes what we end up doing is we see ourselves as workers first and Christians second. It's not supposed to be that way. Verse 7, he says, and if, and if he continues to obey my commands and regulations as he does now, I'll make his kingdom last forever. In other words, there's this kind of conditional blessing this kind of cause and effect type scenario that's being pitched here. If you do this, then God will do that. 
If Solomon obeys my commands and regulations as he does now, then I will bless or make his kingdom last forever. And everybody in the crowd's like, yeah, 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 here, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then what David does is he, he, he makes it more personal. He says, listen, whoa, 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 hold up. Hold the applause. Verse 8, he says, so now with God as our witness... And in the sight of all Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this same charge. He says, be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God so that you may continue to possess the good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. Just as Solomon needs to obey God and his kingdom will last forever. He's like, we need to use that same principle. If we're gonna lead this nation we need to obey God as well. And then, then it's going to impact our families. It's going to impact our community. It's, it's, there, there's, a, there's a cause and effect type scenario that happens and takes place here. And everybody's like, here, 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 yeah, 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 we got this. And then something really beautiful happens. David pulls Solomon over. And instead of addressing the crowd this way, David takes his conversation this way and starts to talk father to son. And he's saying, this is what a successful king looks like. Solomon, you think you're going to lead these people? You think you're going to lead this nation? Solomon, you need to listen to the words I have for you. And it says this in verse 9. Solomon, my son, if you want to be a successful king, if you want to be a hero, number one, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And this, this note is literally word for word from the Bible. Number one, Solomon, you need to learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. This is how you lead this nation. And this is how you be a successful king. And this is how you be a successful Christian. <laughs> you need to learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Father to son, he's saying, listen, bro, listen. There's a difference between just knowing God, knowing who he is, studying about him, and knowing him intimately. I can, I can read a book about my wife, Shandy. I can learn all about her. I can learn her skill sets, her, her passions, her deepest fears, her deepest desires, her deepest dreams. I can learn, read about all of her quirks, all of her family history. I can learn it, know it, and have it up here. But there's a difference between me knowing about my wife, Shandy, because I read a book and me being married to my wife, Shandy, for 19 years. I know her intimately. And this is the picture that David the dad is telling Solomon the son. This is how you live out your faith. You need to know the God whom you serve and worship intimately. Don't just make it look like you're a Christian in front of everybody. You got to live it out. And that's our challenge today. Because it's really easy to come to church on a Sunday 
and look the Christian part. The truth is, the only person you sell short is yourself. God wants to know you intimately, too. Not just, not just, it's not just a one-way street where, where God, maybe I can know you intimately. God wants to know you intimately. He continues. Number two, so Solomon, number one, I, I need you to know God intimately. Number two, listen to me, son. It says, worship and serve him with your whole heart and a willing mind. And this is how you know he's a dad. He says, for the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan, Solomon. He's saying, son, you, you cannot trick God. So you need to do it with your whole heart and a willing mind because, because if you don't, God will know. You can trick me. You can trick your people. But you can't trick God. And again, we find ourselves in these types of situations where our Christian faith is, is, is performative in nature. It's not, not personal in nature. Not maybe relational in nature. And this happens when we, when we throw, when we lump our Christianity into the worldview category, the philosophical category, the behavior modification category. That's what happens. But, but father to son, this advice on how to be a successful Christian king, Solomon, you have to learn how to worship God with your whole heart. W-H-O-L-E. What often happens is we worship God with holes in our heart, H-O-L-E. And we're worshiping and we got holes in there and, and it's, it, we, we, we're trying to be demonstrative, demonstrative with our hands to try and jumpstart our faith into action, but there's something missing in here. The willing mind piece is so crucial. Because there is, there is something to be said about just, just coming because you, you, you want to make your wife happy. You know what? That's, that's like five points. Well done. You got here. That's great. You'll be able to sleep better at night. But when you step back, and you can learn to make that transition from, from kind of, sort of, slightly Christian-ish to I'm going to worship God with my whole heart. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to live with a, I want a, a willing mind. Like I want to actually do the things that I say. Then this Christian thing starts to come alive. I love, um, what's that meatloaf song? I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> right? And oftentimes it happens. I will do anything for love, but I won't forgive my mom. I will do anything for love, but I won't. You'll never listen to that song the same way again. <laughs> Three quarters of you have never listened to that song, so we're fine. He continues. simplifies this message and right in front of everybody. 
he, 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 he just paints it out to his son. He's like, this is how you be a successful king, Solomon. If you seek him, you will find him. Don't overcomplicate this whole you being a king thing. Don't overcomplicate this whole you got to try and be a hero thing. You got to try and be a successful Christian leader thing. You want to find God? Seek him. Seek him and you'll find him. You see, it's tied to the last piece. If you seek God with a whole heart and a willing mind, it's going to help you. If you have holes in your heart and an unwilling mind, but you're like, God, show yourself to me. Where are you? That posture, it flows differently. I've noticed something interesting in my own life. When, when, when God seems to be quiet, usually it's because he's already told me something and I just don't want to listen. In those seasons where it's like, God, where are you? Where are you? What am I supposed to do? Usually, he's already told me. And I'm like, no, 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 God. I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> he reverses the statement. If you seek him, Solomon, you will find him. But... If you forsake him, Solomon, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously, it says. Like, like this is not a little thing. You can't just go and be a strong leader. You need the power of the Lord. You need the wisdom of God. You need the love that comes from Jesus. That's the only way to do this. Your, your, your family name, your lineage, me, my story, my relationship with you, that's not enough. You need to personally know God. You need to seek him. And if you forget that, and if you go try and do this all in your own strength, and if you say, I don't need God, I will do this on my own, God will, he'll step back. He'll let you try. And he warns them. He says, so take this seriously. And I love that. Again, such a picture of dad talking to son. <laughs> I know how you work. Don't make jokes of this right now, Solomon. I'm being serious. This is real. There's nothing more important that I could be telling you right now. Your strength comes from the Lord. Only from the Lord. He continues on says, the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as his sanctuary, Solomon. This was my dream. This was my dream. But now it's your responsibility. You need to understand that you are here because God placed you here. And you need to understand that you are here because God placed you here. 
And so we need to lean into him. God, what is it that you have for me? Why is it, why is it that I'm in this space? Fight the temptation to believe that you're just here by happenstance. But what if when God was writing the days of your life, when God was figuring out who, who you were going to be and picturing the 20-year-old you, the 30-year-old you, the 40-year-old you, the 60-year-old you, the 70-year-old you, and when he was writing this all down, why did he place you in Langford in 2023? What could he be doing? Why are those people in your life? You can live on any street in the entire world. Why did God place you between those two homes? You could be raising any, any kid in the entire planet, any parasite. <laughs> but he gave you your own parasites to, to raise. Why? Why? You see, if we are... Truly made in God's image. Just think about that for a moment. If you're made in God's image, and he knit you together in your mother's womb for such a time as this. And he gave you talents. And he gave you a love for nature and the outdoors. Or he gave you the, just the tactical ability to just do different technical things with your hands. Or he gave you these administrative gifts or hospitality gifts or leadership gifts or teaching gifts. If he did all of that and you're made in his image, then is it possible that like the version of you is a little picture of God for the whole world to see? That the wholest version, like the most integrated version of us, of who we can be is when we fully embrace who we are and how God made us. And just with that, be present and mindful of the things that are around us. Like, like you may not be called to lead the nation of Israel. Or you may not be called to build a specific temple. But God has chosen you. He has called you. He has set you apart. He does have a plan and a purpose for you. He does have a future for you. There is extraordinary, delicate, and precise intentionality behind who you are. Like God placed you here because he's excited to use you. And then, what David does is he, he, he finishes this little father-son moment with a small yet poignant sentence. In front of everybody, he looks at his son. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in the Lord. Worship him with a whole heart and willing mind. Seek him. Don't forsake him. He's chosen you. Then he says, be strong and do the work. And if there's anything to end on on a Sunday morning, that is a good ending. Son, 
You need to be strong and do the work. Christianity is not always going to be fun. Christianity sometimes is going to be so hard. And it'll feel easier to walk away from the faith than it will be to pursue God and the things that he has for you. So what I'm asking of you, Solomon, if you want to be a successful king, if you want to figure out this whole Christian thing and see it fully integrated, fully illuminated for the world to see, you're going to need to be strong. You're going to need to do the work. Because all these people depend on you. That's one of the things I love most about this picture of God. This, this picture of family. You see, we all, in one way or another, whether we see it or we don't, we are dependent upon one another. And when God starts to really work in someone's life, that life begins to, to light up those around them. It's, it's, it's an extraordinary and beautiful picture. It's part of why the, the church is so important. Because God knows there, there's, there's something uh, contagious about this whole love thing. The chapter continues. Verse 11, it says, David gave Solomon the plans for the temple and its surroundings. Verse 14, David gave instructions regarding how the gold and silver should be used. Verse 17, he designated the amount of gold and solid gold meat hooks used to handle the sacrifice. He went into explicit detail. Then in verse 20, David repeats himself. He says, Solomon, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid and don't be discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you and he will not forsake you. And I want to pray that same prayer for you. Those words are so powerful. Because the Lord God, my God, David says. Solomon, he heard the stories. He heard the testimonies. He, he, he's heard of God moving time and time again. In Dad's life, David's life. And David's saying, this personal God that I have, Solomon, he wants to be part of your life too. And maybe you find yourself here this morning. It's May long weekend, so you weren't necessarily expecting spiritual transformation. But God had a plot twist for you, a, 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 a course correct, where he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're, you're supposed to be here today because there's something you need to hear. And that's something is that you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus who, who knows you intimately and wants to use you. 
Emily, when you were talking about Easton being in your womb, it was a powerful picture. This idea that you loved him before he even knew you. And that's the story for all of us. Would you mind bowing your head and closing your eyes just for a moment? And I'd love to pray for you. And if this morning you're saying to yourself, you know, I, I, that you're, you're speaking my language, Pastor. I want to know Jesus intimately in my life. Can I ask you to slip your hand up real quick? I'd love to pray for you. Thank you. Yeah, I see your hand. Anyone else? Yeah. Just wait a moment. Yes. See that hand. I'm going to pray two prayers. First prayer I want to pray is for those who raised your hand. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you that you're real. I want to know you intimately, as that pastor just talked about. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for having a plan for me, even though I didn't know you existed like that. Please forgive me for the things that I've done that have separated from me from you or me from others, the things that I've done that hurt people. God, forgive me. Thank you that you're a God of second chances. Please come into my heart, come into my life. Be my, my, my God and my, my, my Savior. Show me what that even means. Thank you for this moment. Amen. Amen. Can I invite you to stand and I'm going to pray one more prayer. And after I pray, we'll, we'll sing a song together. But it's this line where David looks back at his son and says, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. God is with you. And if you're feeling afraid, Maybe God's asked you to do something, step out in faith, and, and there's this fear that's in you. Because when I said earlier, and I said that line, when, when God's telling me something and I don't want to hear it, that's usually the time I say that God is silent. And you know God's been asking you to do something. Don't be afraid of it. And don't be discouraged that you haven't acted on it yet. You have that opportunity now. So let me pray for all of us, then we'll sing. Jesus, we thank you that you're real. We thank you that we can be gathered here in this church, in this school, in the middle of the West Shore on a hot, sunny, May-long weekend. Very specifically, Lord, we thank you that your presence is here. And we thank you that in your presence, God, everything can change. So, Lord, where there is discouragement in our lives, where there's discouragement in our hearts. Father, we pray for encouragement in Jesus' name, that we'd see ourselves from your perspective, that we'd see ourselves as your sons and daughters. God, where there is fear that is holding us back, fear that is just seems to almost be over our shoulders in form of chains. God, we, we shake those off in Jesus' name. And we pray today for, for courage. We pray for boldness to step out 
to start, start a new narrative, a new story with our lives. Not as fearful Christians, but as spirit-empowered Christians. God, would you lead us? Would you guide us? We praise you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing now. And God, we thank you for what you're going to do. In your name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Let's worship together.